Captain Picard, priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Am I ready, Roman? longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast. Every week we're coming at you somewhat live with behind-the-scenes stories of TNG, how that sausage was made, and uh, all the hidden lore that you could ever shake a stick at. My name is Mitchell Mills, Chief Consultant of Services, and with me is my life partner Brandon Hobbs. Brandon, how are we doing today after an extended hiatus? Yeah, Mitch. Um, well, I'm doing better. Can't say I'm uh, I'm back to 100, percent but uh, thank you for letting the ensigns know that uh, um, I was in the hospital. Of course, um, I can't really divulge exactly what what the reason for that was, just because I don't want to make the ensigns worried. But uh, interestingly, you said, um, you know, like the last time we missed an episode, maybe about a a year ago or so, um, you said, you know, we should make this a double feature. Yeah. Right. And, um, and I, I selfishly said, no, I will not watch two episodes of Star Trek season two, uh, at once. Well, I remember ever. I went to the, you know, when we were, when you were getting discharged, I, I talked to the doctor and I said, um, well, I asked him, you know, would it be advisable to, to put yourself through two episodes of TNG season two in this, well, in your recovery state. And, um, he heavily advised against it. Now I was still willing to risk that, but you know, mm -hmm. you made your decision and I, I well, understandable that. anything for the ensigns, of course. But, um, you know, if, yeah, if I die, what's going to happen to the show? Oh, it'll go on. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe we could have done two. Yeah. But I said no, so any ensigns who are wondering why we are behind an episode this week, uh, it's my fault. Mm. Now, I have a question. Um, on the 21st, you were in the hospital around, you know, kind of 6.30. Um, did you feel a sudden, you know, boost of, uh, of healing energy course through you? Around 6.30 yeah. on the 21st? Yeah. I felt a little tingle. Okay, well, that was when I that was when I tweeted out to the ensigns the state you were in, and I assume that any tingle you felt was the uh, collective goodwill and prayers that that the ensigns sent out in your direction. It's beautiful, Mitch. Yeah, thank you, and thank the ensigns. Okay, uh, you know maybe uh, maybe you, that's ensigns. the reason I'm alive. Oh, did you want to thank the ensigns? I did thank the ensigns. I thought you wanted me to thank the ensigns. Thank you, Mitch, and thank. Yeah, you said no. I you said thank you, Mitch, and thank I, the ensign. So I thank the ensign. I didn't. I didn't command you to thank the ensign. <laughs> You're always commanding me. I can't tell the difference anymore. <laughs> Look, someone gets out of the hospital, and you're like, okay, you know, you take it easy in bed. I'll get you some stuff. And well, suddenly, yeah, I mean, suddenly I, they I, become I, a fucking tyrant. I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying I don't appreciate it. You got me lots of chicken noodle soup. Mm -hmm. I hear your chicken noodles. Of, uh, lots of those little sausages wrapped in. Wrapped in uh, whatever that Pastries. is. They're, they're, right. They're the advanced pigs in a blanket. It's a long pig in a long blanket. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I like to call yeah, it the I would dachshund. Say... <laughs> I, was... <laughs> I was a little too delirious to tell what they were, but they tasted pretty good. Mm. Well, in a delirious state, you know, you just revert back to, um, you know, what you know. You don't really think. It's just instinctual and, you know, insert- right, right. inserting those uh, those wieners mm-hmm. into your gullet yeah. was uh, second yeah. nature. And sp- speaking of reverting back to what you know, Star Trek The Next Generation, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was like a dream that uh, crashed around me and, and ended unceremoniously when it came mm-hmm. time to resume the podcast after the the long hiatus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, understandably, <laughs> I'm here. I'm still here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Give us, give us the question of the week. Let's get off of this. Oh, give us the question of the week. Right. I gotta go respond to these people. Oh, it just never ends. Okay. So this week's question of the week comes from Janice in Brooklyn, who asks, "Howdy, admirals. Have y'all seen Lower Decks? It's a rootin' tootin' good time." Ready early yours, Janice. Oh, Janice. Oh, Janice. Oh, oh no. Oh, Janny. Janny, Janny, Janny. So, Janny. Lower decks. Um, it depends on whose lower deck we're talking about. I've seen yeah, what what is what is yeah, we've, I'm, we've I'm, seen some lower I, decks. I'm very familiar with um, you know, my my co-host's lower deck here and you know, a few more that I really sampled in in back in college, but um, I don't need to hear about that, Mitch. Well, that's what the ends. That's what the ensigns are asking about. You know, um, I appreciate the coded language for our family-friendly mm-hmm. podcast, and right. it's uh, but it's a question that bears answering. And uh, yeah, so I've seen a variety of lower decks. I've seen lower decks of you know different classes of starship, if you know what I mean. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I can easily say that some lower decks are uh, better equipped than others for completing the mission. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, how about you? Are you um, a lower deck connoisseur? <laughs> I've only seen one lower deck in my life, okay? Because I'm faithful, Aww. Mitch. Um, it's the most romantic thing you've ever said. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think so. Uh, but more importantly, Mitch, I think, I think they're talking about a Star Trek show. Voyager? No, no, no. It's called Star Trek Lower Decks. It's, it's, uh, oh god. What, what is this? Oh god. Oh no. It looks like, uh, what was, what, what was that? Morty and Rick. Morty and Rick. Um, it looks like a Morty producers? and Rick kind of. No, 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 no. The the uh, the 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 cartoon, Mitch. I, you've seen this. I don't watch you know, with the... cartoons. I am an advanced aged man. I don't. Uh, yeah, I understand. I mean, yes. I, I'm sorry. Yes, cartoons are for children. Yes. Right, let's just get that out there. But this 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 Star Trek show seems to be a cartoon, um, possibly made in Flash. Like the superhero. No, no, no! Like the like the multimedia software. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yes, I'm quite familiar with Flash. Um, mm-hmm. so 
why would they make a Star Trek cartoon? Is the is my question. And why... They're still making Star Trek. Well, you know, we are still making Star Trek. Picard. I mean, yes, Picard Two is has oh, wrapped. Oh yeah, I, I, I forgot. I forgot Picard was Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, it, you wouldn't know by watching it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very I, daring. Now, is Lower Decks more Star Trek? That's the question I have. Is it as faithful to the the sterile, slow burn science mm-hmm. fiction of um, perhaps the original motion picture? Then, uh, right. I would be interested in it if that's the case. Well, I personally hope that it's full of action mm-hmm. um, and shooting things mm-hmm. and um, people having sex and uh, men men spreading their lower decks. Well, that's a very different type of, of program that you're describing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is something that we have worked on, so... This is true. Now, does this uh, air... Is this NBC? This is, uh... Hold on, hold on, please hold. Don't tell this me is... it's on Fox. <clears throat> no, this is, uh, CB... No, this is, wait. This is Paramount Plus. Is that, like, Channel 6? No, no. Paramount... What is Paramount Plus? Like, it's Paramount that you watch this show? Maybe. Who's describe? Are you re- are you reading the uh, the press release? No, I'm on the Wikipedia article. It says it's a, a second season premiere on Paramount Plus. What is Paramount? Hold on, I'll let me. Google Do the it. ensigns know? Maybe the ensigns know. Maybe we can just have them tell us. Paramount. How do I make the plus sign on my keyboard? Uh, shift. Shift. Uh, shift. I don't know, Mitch. I'm not seeing it. My God, uh, fuck. Okay, well, this is this is gonna go unanswered for now until I yeah, figure um, out how to Google. Why it. don't we just Why don't we just kick it to the ensigns? All right, next week's question of the week. I want, in lieu of a question, I want an explanation of all this mm-hmm. with this mm-hmm. lower decks, yeah. this Paramount <laughs> Plus, this um, this nudity, these people having sex. And and why why did did they make a Star Trek that's a gay sex analogy is is also paramount plus to your explanation. Yes, yes, and please explain if this is like a fan thing or uh, mm-hmm. or or if we should be contacting our our legal team. Well, yeah, because because we had that uh, we had that Star Trek continues by Vic McNagna or whatever way back in the day there, a couple decades ago now, maybe a decade ago. I don't know. God, you take lost every... track of time opportunity you can to bring up Vic Magnagna. Well, he's, he's um... Uh, well, we'll be out to dinner and he's just, oh, he's, that guy looks like Vic? Look, he's time. innocent. He's innocent, okay? That's it. That's that's all I want to say. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's kind of a big thing for me. I mean, but... OJ was innocent too, but you don't see me bringing it up all the time. Well, you, you, you... Okay, alright, yeah, fine. We're gonna leave it there, okay? Let's 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 talk shop. Mitch. All right, all right. Um, I never took shop in high school, but it looked like. Fun. Oh, I built a I built a bridge. Um, like the card game? No, no, no. Like a like a thing that you drive automobiles across. Wow, that's a really big endeavor. No, not a real bridge. I I I built a model bridge out of wood. Ah, oh, I see. Oh, and it I, collapsed. 
I guess you're not quite the carpenter that you that you thought you were. I'm, I'm neither a carpenter nor an engineer. Mm. Now, have you ever burned bridges before? That's a different. Oh, plenty. Endeavor. Yes, plenty, uh, and and you know, especially, <laughs> especially uh, uh, with with Star Trek. Oh God, yes. Mm-hmm. That's that's part that's part of our mission statement on the show. That's why we're doing the show. Now, even though I'd never taken a shop, it was always my impression of it that at least one kid per year lost a finger. I did have one of those, yeah, with the buzz saw. Yeah. 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 And um, I don't know. The stereotype is is like the shop teacher is like this. I don't know, fifty-year-old drunk veteran with with seven fingers across. His yeah, no, hands. he's he's like he's like a gruff guy that has no hair. Right. right. Uh, much like our captain. Indeed. So and, there's, something, um, there's something about hair that makes one a worse leader. Right, 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 right. It it, it kind of precludes one from from being a captain. Indeed, it's the opposite of the Samson effect. Which is why Picard is the best captain, of course. Right. I mean, who's who else is it gonna be? Bakula, <laughs> a woman. Right, right, right. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> a colored man. I mean, come on. And I mean, when the only other choice is, is Bill Shatner. Right. He, oh, Bill. He can't even lead his Twitter account. Right, right. What a guy. So there we go. Uh, but you know, a great a great man uh, in some respects. In a few in in. A couple of respects. He's a. Uh, I mean, he rejected the bald life. You know, he could have been bald, and then he. Uh, he could have been. He embraced the uh, the toupee cope. He could, yeah. He, he could have. He could have been the uh, the the go bald, grow a beard kind of cope that um, you know, those all those those, those um, crazy sad, people. yeah, those sad um, ineffectual men kind of do. So here's here's a question: Which cope? How do we rank the copes between the um, shave it, grow a beard, and the uh, toupee wig? And also, let's put hair plugs in there. Well, you- no. What so? <clears throat> what you need to do is so you're 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 going bald. Your hairline's receding, right? Uh huh. Just keep growing it so you have you know the long hair in the back but like that receding hairline right and then grow a mustache and then have like a five o'clock shadow so you kind of look like like i don't know joe dirt some kind of yeah boy. yeah 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 or like that uh the uh, uh what's uh, what's his name's neighbor from office space ah uh, yes right so i i think in modern society 21st century modern society the uh the mustache is quite underrated um People, well, it's looked upon with suspicion. There's a lot to say about beards, mm-hmm. but nobody embraces the mustache, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is, you know, he's a fun little guy hanging out for the ride. And, um, you know, all great leaders have mustaches. Like, That's true. I like to say. Um, That's true. Uh, Lenin. Hitler. Um, Hitler. Um, Stalin. It's true. You know, none. I don't. I can't think of a U.S. president that has had a mustache. Hmm. Curious. Curious. Mm-hmm. Really makes you wonder what the correct political ideology is. There's a lot of correlation going on, which makes me believe that there's also a lot of causation going on. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. mustaches are uh, to be investigated for sure. They might 
lead the way to a prosperous future, but they can certainly lead the way to your prosperous future if you are one of the on the verge of becoming an ineffectual male with a cope out out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I do think I do think there's something to be said about mustaches here. Now I'm, I think yeah. I think a, a proper mustache can look really good. It has to be th- thick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love it's gonna be full. Yeah, I love a thick, full mustache. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm 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 biased. I have always said this, and you've heard me say this before, and I've always said this about myself: is I believe that my bountiful mustache is my mm-hmm. finest trait mm-hmm. as a human being. That mm-hmm. that and my charity work. Right. Yes. Now, it was was there was there a question that you're going to ask me about that, or did you just want to say that? I just wanted to say that. Now, my question is, why <laughs> did you want to talk about shop class? No, no, no. When see, when someone says let's talk shop, it means let's let's uh, let's get to the 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 topic at hand. Okay, I thought you meant like let's talk and shop, like go shopping and have a conversation. Well, we could do that. It, I mean, it is. Does Black Friday extend into the weekend? Black weekend? Black weekend? Is it Black weekend? We, yeah, no, I mean, we, we could have this conversation while I shop. Do you want me to shop? Till what do you, you need? Will you drop? I, I will shop till I drop. Wow, that's a lot of shopping. Now, we could record the Ready Room live on location at a Best Buy. On mm-hmm. a Black Friday We Best could do Buy. that. We could do that. That would... I'm sad we didn't have this idea before actual Black Friday. Actually, the the, the problem problem is, Mitch, mm-hmm. as the ensigns know, we are recording from Moldova right now. This is true. I'm gonna mold that over. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's get to the topic at hand. From from Moldova. <laughs> Bulldozer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Star Trek episode. Go on. Forty-ish, six, forty-six. Um, the emissary. Now, do you know what the word emissary means? Um. Well, yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a a, a person who um. It's it's a. I know what it means, God damn it, Mitch. I know what it means. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a person who is kind of like an like a like a like a go between between like right? Yeah. Like, kind of like a like a not quite an ambassador, but somewhat of a dignitary um right. from one group coming into another group for the for the purposes right. of relations. That's right. That's and, exactly what I was gonna say. And boy does this episode have relations. Oh, it has relations in spades. Wow, we have we have Susie Plaxen back, huh? Although yep. I um I might have preferred her as as Doctor Doctor Silar. The uh, oh my, you remember this the 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 the, the Vulcan? I had forgotten about from, that. Yeah, from that one with yeah. um, the guy who takes over Data's body. Yeah, yeah. Oof, she was a piece. Now but, there's gonna. I think Klingon, she's okay. There's got to be some record for the amount of races a, a single actor has played in Star Oh, that's Trek. a good question, actually. Yeah. I know there was, like, one Ferengi guy who also played a second race at some point. 
But... Yeah, I think he did a Klingon, actually. I think I think they all just do Klingons. Wait, that... There's just a lot of Klingons to do. He became that, that main Klingon who... Uh, yeah. Picard, yeah. Picard helped take the Klingon throne from the other Klingon. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So all roads lead to becoming a Klingon. Indeed. And uh, I think that's the theme of this episode, really. Yeah. Yeah. Or coming in a Klingon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so what did what did you think about um the emissary? Oh, I didn't think it was that good. Uh, no. It was fine, I guess. It it wasn't offensive for sure. Um the it's nice to have a wharf episode, but this episode really brushes up against the limit where wharf goes from uh endearing to just annoying. <laughs> I, I suppose pitiful the the, the wharf yeah. performance. Um, mm-hmm. in smaller doses, it's, Worf's a lot of fun. Michael's a lot of fun. Um, even though he's just not a very good actor, but the, the more you focus in on him, it's the, the holes, the blemishes really start to appear. Yeah. I think, I think Michael got a lot better going forward. Yes, certainly. Um, and not only that, but also the the costume design got a lot better. I, I I feel like at this point still, we're at the point where the Klingons kind of look silly. Yeah. And that's very much highlighted at the end of this episode, the final mm-hmm. sequence where, um, the two principal characters appear to be cosplaying. <laughs> I didn't hate that costume design though. I don't think it was that bad, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm almost inclined to agree, but I do think this was a good, I say this every episode, and I'm going to say it again. Good concept, not so great execution. And eventually we're going to get to the point where we, we have a good concept and a good execution, but it's not now. Eventually we'll have a great execution of a terrible concept. Eventually we will, yes, actually. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we will. But um, I think, I think uh, Susie... I think Susie is incredibly attractive. Okay. Could you speak more to that? No, that's it. Okay. No, no. So, um, <laughs> I think I think Susie goes a little overboard sometimes. Oh, um, I did not in, like in, her performance. And in, in her, it's almost like she's trying to be comedic. I mean, you know what I mean. I'll forgive somebody when you're matched up. Your you know, your dramatic pairing is, is Michael <laughs> yeah, Dorn. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of um, overly grandiose readings of. Of certain lines of dialogue, and and she's she's a little snarky, um, uh, especially in in today's context where everything is snarky and you're just kind of fed up with it. So maybe maybe that's kind of coloring my reading of this this performance. But I, I think she's trying a little too hard to be funny. Well, it's not they, really landing. They do insert dialogue about her having a a, hu- a sense of humor and a human sense of humor at that. Um. So the, a little on the nose. <laughs> it was on the nose, but at least the character was uh, consciously written to be, um, uh, what's the best way to put it? Not, I don't know if funny is the right word, but, uh, humorous, uh, mm-hmm. again, irreverent, <laughs> second irreverent. Well, yeah, yeah, and say. that's it, that's it, irreverent, that's it, yeah, that's, that's what it is, and, you know, you can, you can love it or hate it, but, uh, I'm leaning more towards, I'm, I'm not too Big on all the way that she kind of delivered her lines or or did these scenes, but I think there were a few scenes that she did that were perfectly fine. Yeah, it wasn't all bad. 
I th- I think that um, having that streak of humor is a nice foil to Worf, explicitly. It needs to be. It needs to be. There needs to be something to be a foil to Worf. Uh, if if you're gonna have a character who's gonna be in a relationship with him to some degree, yeah, yeah absolutely. As, as hilarious as it would be to have two Worfs, two Worf personalities in a relationship <laughs> with one another, it definitely could not carry an episode. That's for sure. I don't. I, I would um, love it if, in one of the many, many flash forwards the series has, Worf just has uh, a Klingon wife, and she's just exactly like him, and the two barely talk. <laughs> they just kind of grunt at each other. <laughs> well, now now we're getting into Seth MacFarlane territory. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I I, I am I am tickled by this idea, especially. I'm picturing <laughs> in my mind. There's like a a two shot where Worf is to the side of the frame. And his wife just kind of walks in from the right, and they stand next to each other. It's just and they're... Yeah, exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, so o- overall, though, I think I think I, I I like Susie. I like the idea. I like how the episode went for the most part. I definitely like it more than you did. Okay. Uh, but I don't know if I can. I don't know if. It, it wasn't a great episode. I can say that. It was not. I, I found the, um, obviously, the character dynamic is the, the, the A plot, the forefront of the story. I found the, the looming crisis of the Klingon ship to be a little... Um, I think it was a cool idea. It was a cool idea, but the way it played out was relatively unimportant. Right. And I, I don't really know. I don't have a solution for that. Sometimes <laughs> we propose our own write-ups of these episodes i don't have one but yeah it just kind of came and went mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well i think i think we can work through it and and create a better episode as we go along today i'll say this i think that if you take that core idea and really expand it this could have been a two-parter episode um the idea of a rogue oh yeah klingon <laughs> ship from deck er, mm-hmm. century ago decades ago is um kind of roaming around terrorizing different defenseless outposts it has a lot of a lot of potential no you're right you're right yeah absolutely it does and you could also give the uh, wharf kalar stuff kalar stuff kalar 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 stuff uh even more room to breathe and it was fine it had more than enough time here but you could still expand it meaningfully on Mm -hmm. in this two-parter version of the events well and you know that's just the thing about klingons is that they always need a two-parter they do because they're just so interesting. Was it season three or season four that was the entirety of it was an extended Klingon <laughs> affair? I think I think it was. Wasn't it? Oh God, what was it? No, because because no, season, season three was four. best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, season four leading into five, wasn't it? That's or, exact. Or... Well, that's that's the two parter. But throughout the season leading up to that final episode, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of Klingon right of succession. Power struggle and I, I cannot wait to get to that because I, I love that stuff. That's like my favorite part of, of TNG, I think. I like it when Spock shows up and does the, the sign, the hand sign. Oh, he does. He, oh, he does the, the funny hand thing. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of, of when I was a child. It's nice because when the episode aired on television and you didn't have a smart TV, you didn't have TiVo, you didn't have the title mm-hmm. there, you'd be like, what am I watching? And then, you know. He does the thing. Like, ah, right. All of a sudden, Star all of a sudden, zooms in, zooms in on the funny hand thing, and uh, oh, I was, I, I almost fainted. 
whenever they said uh, live long and prosper, I teared up a bit and I said, I will. I will live long and prosper. Yeah, yeah. Now, no, I, 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 same, I of course. I didn't quite make uh, make good on both sides of that promise, but <laughs> I got one you, of them. You, you, have, you have lived long, at least. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, all right. Let's, let's, let's delve deep into this wonderful episode of Star Trek that we, that we both really love and want to talk about very badly. <laughs> Oh, jeez. So, so um, first question okay. to you. Does does the Enterprise crew ever finish their poker games? <laughs> I, I have a theory for you. My theory is yeah. that you can make bank of the um, non-transferable faux currency that they use in the post-scarcity society to mm. by um, waiting for <laughs> all the senior staff to vacate a room. And then sweeping in and just collecting the chips. Why are they playing with the doctor is my question. Well, the doctor seems to be one of the um, more capable ones among them in terms of poker. Possibly one of the hottest, too. This is true. I, Worf is there, but still. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They, in terms of hierarchy, Worf is the hottest. Pulaski is second hottest, I think. Mm. For me, just you know, for me. No, no, we're, um, we're, we're, we stand Pulaski. I mean, the, the we stand the Pulaski makeup was intentionally made to be rather attractive, and it sits on right, top right, of, right. You know, Gates, who has you know a nice uh, bone structure, and, and yeah, Gates, Gates, Gates is attractive, of course. Yeah, so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, it is, it is what it is. It's attractive. My my problem with this scene is that um, it's 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 yet another poker scene isn't it in in a season filled with poker scenes for some reason yeah and um i think by this point for the ensigns mm. it's probably become apparent that someone on the team had become just uncomfortably interested in poker i want to see it's data just it's just everywhere this, like how many episodes like a scatter plot of the density of poker scenes it's in like every episode there's always a poker scene um and i i I'm pretty sure I'm contractually obligated to not say who this actually was who, you know, kind of shoved all this poker stuff into Star Trek. But um, he'd come in every day with poker matches recorded on a VHS and he'd sit us all down and he would, you know, show it to us just muted so he could make commentary, of course. Mm. And uh, Jesus, Mitch. Thank God eventually someone told him that we just we just didn't care. It's it's um, it's difficult to um, truly get through to some people like that who are so laser focused and stuck on their their yeah 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 you know it's it's the kind of person who like nowadays would um, you know play a card game uh, online and take a screenshot of them winning and post it to Twitter as if as if anybody cares right right right. And it's that no one does. It's that inability to see that to to be mm-hmm. in this case showing your poker video or your tweet to a, a dozen, couple dozen people, and just not reading the room. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no one really cared. No one, no one. You know, it's 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 the equivalent of someone posting that and not getting any likes on it at all, and continuing to and, do it. Uh, yeah, and continuing to do it. Um, <laughs> uh, 
so that's I mean for any instance wondering just that's that's it was it was a particular kind of person a particular writer with just a little bit of too much influence that he shouldn't have had uh, shoving poker into Trek and and you know no one could have known the ramifications that would have had on not only TNG but the rest of Trek in general where they played poker all the time all of a sudden right that was as, the as only, if it wasn't the future it's the only thing that people do in their off time. It's either right, right. they go to the super futuristic holodeck or they play a card game from hundreds right. of years ago. Hundreds of years ago. Um, interestingly, this same guy would go on to torment us with, um, oh, geez, uh, Nairobian women's backwards curling videos in uh, in, in season three. Just and, moves from uh, one well, thing to another. Yeah, it just it's 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 like it's like with a snap of your fingers, he just becomes obsessed with with one thing for like six months. Um. And let me tell you that backwards curling had quite the effect on season three, and I'm sure we'll get to that. I just I don't want to spoil anything, but um, but it, it's a very pronounced effect. Yeah, 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 yeah now, absolutely. I, before we move on, I want to say the, um, this is something that you know that individual could have stood to hear, and I want the ensigns to hear it. That if you at home or anybody you know has a problem with any kind of gambling whether that's mm -hmm. uh, games like poker or blackjack or um, betting on sports or horse races uh, please uh, call gamblers anonymous that's if you're in the united states our u.s based ensigns that's 626-960-3500 one more time 626-960-3500 that's gamblers anonymous and if it's you you can get the help you need and if it's uh, somebody you know You'll get the resources to um, guide them in a better way. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wanted to mention that. Don't want anybody else to fall into that gambling hole. Thank you, thank you, Mitch. That's uh, that's really helpful. Well, we have a, we have a duty here, um, and it's our responsibility mm -hmm. to use this platform for um, the benefit of the ensigns of the listeners. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree one hundred percent, and I, I hope that I hope that helps someone. Um, do you? How do, how one do you more feel? thing. Uh, I'm still on this room too, so we'll have. No, I'm still in this room. Okay, go we'll ahead. Plenty go ahead. of one more things. How do you feel about the lighting in this scene? I was gonna say something like that, but um, a, a little dramatic. Yeah, it's 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 as if um, people have this image of a dingy bar, people playing right. cards and, and cheating, and outlaws like, shooting each other, like, yeah, like, like a saloon. Like you can't play cards sitting in the dark right like... <laughs> and uh who who decided on the mood lighting you know canon wise was it Riker? whose room is that is the is the next i don't question. know maybe, maybe it's a closet you know the the thing is like we redress and redress rooms throughout the entire series where you know we're constantly reusing these sets and it, it comes to the point where you start thinking like how does the enterprise have room for all of these areas you know you never get a sense of the scale of the enterprise now do you um, and i mean i guess it's a it's a big ship i guess but it is there's thousands of people living there um it's it's a little it's a little weird how often these kind of like one-off rooms just show up yeah wouldn't surprise me if they had a poker room mm -hmm. yeah which, no which, i could see that which conceivably you could use the holodeck for G given given how revered poker is in the future Right, it's the only pastime. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to mention this because I'm autistic and I mention this every time it comes up, but the string betting has, has ballooned wildly out of hand here as 
there's a sequence where one character makes a bet, then the next character, who I believe is Worf, makes a string bet. He's yep. like, I'll see your 50 and I'll raise you 50. Yep. And then the next person's like, all right, I call and raise. And then Pulaski, the third one, says, hmm, I'm in and a little more or whatever, you know. And it's um, <laughs> it's just people think, you know, this guy, I guess if he had actually put on the official poker commentary, he would know this instead of doing his own. But, you know, he has just had no idea that a, that's that's you can't do that. But B, that's not the only way to make a bet or a raise, rather. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was sitting here seething watching that. If no, I'm sure. I'm sure you were. Yeah, you see, um, you could feel my seed. The the poker representation in the show so far has been absolutely horrible. Yeah, it's like it's there for lip service only. They should have hired right. a consultant. To, yeah, uh, they should have. They should have. Um, if only they knew. But uh, the final thing. I, Okay. Yep. Uh, Go ahead. One final thing in this scene. You're going on a rant. Go ahead. This is the most important scene in the show's canon, and I need to properly give it its Mm -hmm. due. Um, There's a shot of the poker table where Worf's winning a hand, or he's in a good position, and Riker's back is to the camera. And um, I wrote the line down. Hold on. So his back is to the camera, so you can't quite see him, and it's clear that this line was 80 yards in. Mm-hmm. And Riker says the Iceman wins again, referring to Worf. But mm-hmm. the way he says it is very, very strange. And um, I would be remiss not remember. to mention that. Like, how, the Iceman wins it? again. Or whatever. Just <laughs> in the way that only Frakes could, you know, as if he uh, right. has forgotten how to speak English. And... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he even did the little eye thing. Probably, but his back was to the camera's thing, so you don't you don't know. Right, you never know. You never know. Now, this leads exactly into what is an oddly, which is the justification for this whole scene, which is really bizarre because it's not actually that important. But mm-hmm. um, Jordy calls out Worf for bluffing uh, in the final hand before they all go to the bridge, and Worf mm-hmm. uh, kind of shrugs him off, and he's like, "Oh, Klingons never bluff." Which, A, Mm -hmm. is perhaps the worst leak in (laughs) poker history to just, you know, tell people that you're never bluffing. But, (laughs) B, um, at the end... Patently untrue. Patently untrue. (laughs) But at the end of the episode, that's that's what it becomes. You know, they put on this guise and Worf bluffs the the Klingon ship to solve the day. Right, right, yeah, yeah. To say say an entire species of people does not bluff is... uh... Uh, well, I don't uh, know. I don't know what the what the purpose is here. Structure- There's no strategic purpose to it, right? Well, the structurally, <laughs> it's just oh, this line was this really necessary to foreshadow or signal the end of the episode, which really is so far away from the point of the proceedings because it's not really about their relationship. So it's like, why? Do I we- don't even think I don't even think they were thinking of that far ahead. Really? Because it's, it's almost like it's entirely disconnected. Then this this first four three four minutes just have no point i think they have no meaning oh my god which which i guess you know there's another point docked from the episode there is a lot of wasted time for example data taking 30 seconds of screen time to describe the rules of seven card stud and uh yeah so so speaking of data here's a problem i had where where he he mistakes the the verbs fold and bend yeah (laughs) Which just wouldn't happen. Like he's he's a very precise, as we've 
we've been shown over the past 40 episodes, he's very precise with his language. Um, so, so to mistake those two verbs in, in a particular context, just, it wouldn't happen. They're not even synonyms. No. Which is No, bizarre. they're not. No. Yeah, it's, okay, Data's an android. <laughs> yeah, Data's, Data's silly. He's not like us. Just, Awful. And putting aside the fact that they played poker on screen, you know, ten times by now, and off screen, mm -hmm. it's implied to be so, super regular. Data would not just be learning what the term uh, fold is. Right, right, right. After all this time, yeah, absolutely not. God, it's um, been 40 minutes of talking about the poker scene. It's amazing. Is, has it really? Yeah. Jesus. All right, well, let's 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 move on. Uh, we move to the bridge where there's a... Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the, I'm know, sorry. Are we going through this episode chronologically? Yeah, as, you know, as as usual. Um, okay. Okay. I like to go. I got. I like to go through chronologically, so I remember what actually happened in my. It's my, truly my difficult to remember. Drunken stupor of watching the episode. So we are met with. Uh, where, you know, where Wesley sits on the bridge. What is that called? Um, it's not comms. Navigation. It, yeah. So, but anyway, the the girl there has pretty big honkers in this episode. She does, and she's yeah. the way the camera is framed is they're really yeah. centered. Right, yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, God bless Cliff. I think he knew what he was doing there. Well, I mean, there's a reason that uh, Will Wheaton wasn't in that chair, right? <laughs> well, no. Oh. No, there was not. So it's just a coincidence, then a happy coincidence. It's it's, it's just it's just a coincidence. Now, do you think that when casting, I don't know if you've ever asked casting directors about this, but um, if they intentionally or subconsciously uh, gravitate towards the uh, the actresses with, you know, large honkers. Well, this this would depend on whether or not I'm their therapist and I'm not. So that's true. Yeah. But yeah. I like but to think that if, just given the size yeah. of the honkers, everything gravitates towards them a little bit. Well, I think I think they do. Yeah, you know, just uh, from what we know about having worked on Star Trek and and thinking about the universe and, and planetary mass and all that stuff. Right. Um, the bigger they are, the more things gravitate towards is, them. Is so. planetary mass where all the planets go to church? <laughs> what, what what kind of response do you want from me with that? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it is. It is. It is match. Um, oh God, I'm a very learned, worldly individual. <laughs> so, so it uh, they they have some like some secret mission going on, right? Yeah, which I by the end of the episode, I wasn't quite sure why the clandestine nature of it was necessary. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, does it? Right, because but... presumably the Klingon <laughs> ship should uh still be in stasis so it's not like they're gonna in inter uh, interfere with the comms they're working with the klingons right. to solve the problem <laughs> right. right right there's no reason for it for it but uh anyway we, we we can't know what's happening uh so we're waiting for a um an emissary <laughs> hence the title of the episode uh -huh. to beam aboard the enterprise in a uh some kind of space coffin 
Yeah, a um, a probe, a class eight a probe. probe. I'm glad you remember that. Yeah. No, that was key um, to the to the plot. <laughs> that it was a class the eight cl- probe. The class eight. Yeah, well, if it was so you, because because it travels so fast, right? Brandon, you know what separates the different classes of probe? Don't don't play with me here. If it was it's, a class seven probe, okay. she wouldn't be able to fit inside because it's got a okay. it's right. got a length of, right. of less than those, less than yeah. one meter. Come on. I know, I know, I know. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's been it's been quite a long time since we had to deal with uh, uh, probe classes, but um, yes, I, I understand what you're saying. I so, still, class eight I probe. I still have the flashcards. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure I'm sure you still have nightmares about them too. My nightmares are my own business. <laughs> I know you do. Um, so yeah, she 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 beams aboard in a in a class eight probe, which is literally just a space coffin. Um, and uh, funny story, actually, uh, we actually filmed that scene pretty early on. It was the first day of filming that one um, when uh, Kalar shows up on the Enterprise in, in that stupid little um, space pod, coffin. yeah, space coffin. And um, <clears throat> we actually, uh, <laughs> we, uh, our, our first take, we actually ended up leaving her in there for like an hour. Um. It's accidentally, of course. I mean, obviously, well, you, we didn't do it on purpose. You got to prepare uh, the set and stuff. And well, so, so so what happened is is Rick had actually just gotten a um, a Ferrari. God, uh, I think it was a three twenty eight. I have no and, idea. Uh, you know, I'm and he had he had cars. he had run into. Hey, oh, trust me, I know, Mitch. He'd he'd run into uh, he'd run into onto the set. Um, you know, telling us you know. He 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 he'd gotten it, and and you know we were all, um, basically required to come out and see him do, um, you know, little circles, donuts, the donuts, yeah, 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 the donuts. Um, he was he was very proud of that car. He still has it, I think. And uh, we we just we just forgotten that uh, that Susie was in there, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that uh, that 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 scene where we take the the top of the coffin off mm-hmm. in, in the show that you see in the show. Um, that was actually right after we had realized she was still in there. Uh, so, so Cliff, Cliff just had us just film it right then. She was completely unconscious at that point. So you'll see, you'll see like a cut where Pulaski, it, like it kind of cuts to Pulaski and that's several hours later. You can tell um, the actors had actually aged between those two uh, right. shots. Right, right. Um, so yeah, just you know, just just a fun fact. Well, before we, as she was getting in there, you know, we told her that uh, we're gonna film some of this. You, you'll be seen before you get revived. So you know, play dead, yeah, not dead, but you know, unconscious. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. she really took that to heart. So she did. Yeah, no, she did. She did a great job. When she uh, finally woke up, um, <laughs> all she asked was, you know, how 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 did it come out? How was the shot? So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, no, yeah, she was, she was a, a, a proper professional through the whole thing. And, uh, it was, um, it was always nice to have her on set. It's a shame that it was only one more time. Yeah. Set to drop off a, uh, the greatest character in the show and then leave mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Now, what tickles me about this scene is, so there's this probe, which has shielded somebody from the uh, vacuum of space. And um, it's beamed aboard, and O'Brien just kind of like clicks a few latches 
and the top pops off. <laughs> yeah. And she's just got like a like a scuba mask on. Right, yeah. It's it it doesn't seem very secure, does it? No. No. And you you're left thinking why, and then the episode never expands upon why this needed to it's clearly just for the dramatic it's a Klingon. Oh my god, she knows war. Right. Oh wait, she's half human. Right. Yes. Now, what would have been funny is if it was all up front, um, Admiral's talking cards, like, oh, we have a Klingon emissary, but she's half human. And then Worf mm-hmm. starts, like, visibly sweating because he, he knows right, right, her. Right. Yeah. And um, Picard looks at Worf and he's like, oh, Worf, you know something about this? Right, 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 right. That would have been good. And look, here's, here's what bothers me about this is that um, they... She she and Worf meet in in the meeting room, right? Um, and she says, "So this is where you've been hiding," as if the flagship of the Federation. Worf is the only Klingon in the Federation. on the flagship in the Federation and on the flagship of the Federation. You would know this. Not a good hiding spot, to say the least. No, it's definitely not. So, and and he's a very high ranking officer. I, it's never made clear what their exact history is, or w- what was the terms on which they last parted. That mm-hmm. Worf became a um, a refugee of sorts, right? Something I want to speak to is the uh, the origin of Kalar, 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 Kalar. Yeah, Kalar. I'll, ne- yeah. I'll never, I'll never remember this. Um, as stated in the show, you said before she's half human, which was kind of like a much darker history for the character than uh oh yeah than oh really my God. When, when, yeah, yeah. When, when this character was conceived and the episode was still in its infancy planning stages um she had a very tragic backstory she was she had a klingon mm-hmm. the quote from the episode she had a klingon father and a human mother which to most people would uh, be like kind of like a rape coded origin Mm -hmm. which was supposed to be part of the tragic nature of kalar but for some reason Susie just refused to read that line with the uh the necessary dread and trauma that really sold the concept so instead it just became kind of like you know oh i'm wacky and special i'm uh right right and and, and, you know like like we said earlier she was a little too a little too comedic i think um in 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 her approach and yeah it ended up not having the weight that it that it really was supposed to have but i guess it worked out for the best in terms of because we would go on to kind of develop klingons as a more nuanced sort of species to a degree so it wasn't so so bad but at the time yeah i I remember um uh, uh, cliff definitely wasn't wasn't too happy with the way that was portrayed no we were in his words we were killing his baby Right, right, right. Yeah. We had to, you know, uh, convince him to keep his name on the script. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes people use a pen name if they're not happy with it. Right, right. Well, that, that happened constantly in, in TNG. I mean, yeah, nearly every episode that happened. So The director, the writer, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he stuck with it, which I was proud of him for. Uh, yeah. Because, you know. Well, he, 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 did, he did eventually kind of... Uh, uh, you know, you know, put more of an imprint on the script than than 
than the writers did, I feel like, mm-hmm. to a degree. Well, the reason he really needed to take ownership of it, especially now after the fact, is that this is the soft inspiration for Alexander, which somebody needs to take oh, responsibility yes. for. Right, 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 because he is a child and and um he's he's motherless. Um so yeah, right. um the 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 conception of Alexander is probably the biggest theme of the episode here. I agree. <clears throat> and uh I mean if it's not obvious to you now, I Maybe just stop watching Trek. Maybe uh, just fucking end your miserable life. If... All right, maybe go watch Rick and Morty instead. A little more your speed. Mm-hmm. Die. <laughs> so, um... How do you feel God. about Kalar's complete, um... I don't know, refusal to entertain any ideas on on the crisis that comes up? Yeah, so so that was something I did want to talk about. Um, just a quick aside before we get to that, because we're going to lose sight of this, but uh, Kalar's relationship with Troy, like like brief. Yes. Little. Now later um, later on the episode, Kalar has the best um, deconstruction of Troy that is offered throughout the series run. As she echoes, oh, what's that? Uh, so Kalar. Um, is frustrated after like a fight encounter with Worf and uh, she comes in and smashes her table and then Troy comes mm. in and Troy says, you're angry. And Kalar says, <laughs> Oh, did your, did your finely honed Betazoid senses tell you that? <laughs> Which is um, horrible writing <laughs> for, for a character whose only job is to sense emotions. You don't want to undermine that. No, but we've been saying that for years. We have, yeah, yeah, for years now. Um, yeah, yeah, we have, and yes, it was funny. I agree. It was, it was funny, but it was like not something you want to see. Right. That's the kind uh, of you, joke you don't, you don't want to see your character treated like that. The audience can make that joke. You cannot. Right. 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 So uh, a little bit cynical, but one thing that that Kalar said that bothered me, and I'm not sure quite why it bothered me or how it bothered me, and maybe we can dissect it. But she said. My Klingon side can be terrifying. Mm. And um, so a couple things here. Number one, is this just treading into race realism? It's got to be, right? It's got to be. I mean, it, and, and, and number two, is she really that introspective, you know, that she understands that, that you know, when, when her, quote, Klingon side comes out? You know what I mean? Right. Well, she is written as a woman, so I doubt she could be that introspective. <laughs> but I'm just picturing this this happening in real life. You know, you got a mixed race individual. <laughs> oh God! It's like, oh my God, my my black side can really be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and that's what bothered me about it. I was like, no, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. Um, God. Oh my God, Kalar. K- the more we talk about Kalar, Kalar was a mess with uh with her 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 um her costumes and stuff. Oh my God, this is the worst wardrobe of for a character I've seen so far in Trek, and this includes yeah. the entire race of mildly pudgy white, quote unquote, beautiful people that just wear um, <laughs> unflattering shorts and togas, right. <laughs> Now, I every, the thing is, Kalar wears several outfits, and they just keep getting more and more terrible. Am I 
I now I don't have this on good authority. This is my theory, so take it with a grain of salt. But I believe that wardrobe, the department, was challenging themselves to just <laughs> outdo themselves each time and make it progressively more embarrassing for Susie to wear these things. Because yeah, it, it's it goes from like an ill-fitting uh, space jumpsuit to a um, Buck Rogers sci-fi alien <laughs> getup to like an yep. 80s workout spandex thing and i could definitely see someone having it out for her <laughs> just always bad and and you know there's there's that uh, that famous line in the uh, the research room which actually I, I i have a story about but um that, that, that we need to share with the ensigns but um the the line in the research room where she says i needed to make myself beautiful yes and uh, she's just sitting there with that disgusting, like, horn on her head and, like, this awful costume. And um, I, I think she did have a little bit of self-awareness about it, but who knows? A very prescient <laughs> reading. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God, I'm hating this episode more as we talk about it. You can see why um, I had the opinion that I did. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, but... Uh, you 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 do remember the uh, the tantrum that Maurice threw about that that research set, right? How yes. it was dressed. Yeah, um, that was epic in terms of our on you know the 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 stories the crew told. We we referenced that one yeah, for a while. Yeah, no, it was. I don't know if I can really do it justice, but uh, for the ensigns and this this really was kind of a catalyst. I think this 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 scene or this uh, this this set rather. Um, <clears throat> so we, we had this huge computer prop. And if you pay attention, you'll probably see it in pretty much every episode, kind of front and center almost, really. It's it's It was a big, big deal. We had thing. wheels I mean, on the beautiful... bottom of it to kind of get it around. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, I mean, it was a beautiful prop. Don't get me wrong. It was. It, it kind of did a lot of the uh, a lot of the work in terms of set dressing for us for the first couple seasons. Hmm. Um, we called it the boom box, right? Right. And... Um, for this particular particular set, this this uh, this this like research, you know, where 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 Worf and Kalar kind of spend their time, um, looking at things that we aren't really sure of, <laughs> vaguely looking at computer screens, um, we we threw the boombox into a corner, which was kind of a big move because that again it had always kind of been front and center, so. Um, we just wanted to shake things up, throw it in the corner, whatever. So Maurice comes on set and takes one look at it and just goes completely red in the face. He is furious, seething. Um, so he, he goes up to Hermit and he, he just lets him have it. You remember? He's like, he's like, oh, this is this is what do you say? This is Gene's vision. vision. Yeah, this is Gene's vision, and you're shitting all over it. <laughs> <laughs> we quoted that. For years, shitting all over it. <laughs> You're shitting all over it. Anytime something uh, that, happens, you're yeah, shitting that, all over that, it. That outlasted uh, Maurice's tenure even on the show, which is amazing. Um, but I do think after this was really the point where set design and TNG started becoming a lot more daring. Mm, mm. Um, I think, I think, I think um, Herman really took that to heart, and uh, it was kind of a fuck you moment, you know. God, this is, um, this is dredging up so many memories. Just, <laughs> we, anytime we were out shitting all over, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, just, it's it's one of those things, too, that it's like, you know, for us, it was kind of just like a funny moment. But when, when you watch it, like, as a member of the audience, it's, it is it is a pivotal 
thing. It's, it's like a tiny thing that kind of changes the course of everything for the people who watch the show. Yeah, that's you know? the, a lot of the, the finer details like that, they're subconscious in a lot of ways. Right. And you, you're not privy to it, but your enjoyment and your perception of the show cha- entirely, entirely changes based on mm. this. So those mm-hmm. the people responsible for those small decisions are really it's they're the true artists behind they're, yeah, it. Yeah, they're they're the heroes really. Yeah. It's uh it's it's pretty incredible. <clears throat> but um yeah, so we, we we get a lot of uh she's she's terrible at her job, huh? <laughs> Who's the she we're talking about here? Kaylar. Kaylar yes. is terrible at her job. She she just she doesn't um she immediately just resigns herself to having to kill these Klingons. Right. She's um, confrontational, uh, unwilling to cooperate, uh, is willfully ignorant, and very, very hostile to the way others do things, which is bizarre when you're an emissary, which is yeah. your entire job. Right. Your job is to kind of be a little more open and, and you know, uh, a, a little more flexible in, in the way that you deal with conflict. Right, and perhaps this is her terrifying Klingon side coming out. <laughs> her being bad at her job. I mean, it does kind of um, juxtapose her with Worf in so far as Worf, his Klingon side comes out a lot too, but he always kind of stuffs it back down in, in favor of doing his job. Like, he, he ruffles with Picard right. a few times, and every time uh, he has an outburst, and then he stops for a second and continues on doing what he has to do for for the ship right right for the mission and you know that's cool Worf uh being competent is nice despite how how often you know we showed him not being competent (laughs) or being shut down by the other members of the crew right right yeah i i think i think um it doesn't work here, though, you know, I, and obviously you understand that, but um, he's being juxtaposed against a uh, just someone who's just bad at their job. Like, that's all that's all Kalar is, really. She's bad at her job. Yeah. And uh, if, if it was a Klingon who was obviously very Klingon like, then I get it. But she's not. Obviously, she's she's very. So and that's um, the thing. Th- then it could be a big character moment for Worf, but it's not here. They did need to play that up. The um, mm-hmm. the role the Klingon ancestry or lineage culture, whatever mm-hmm, has mm-hmm. in determining uh, the efficacy of these people here, because um, Worf is not half human, but he was raised by humans, which kind of puts the two of them in a very similar situation. And right. You... I don't, I don't think we had, we had figured that out yet at that point though. <laughs> had we, that he was raised by humans. It's an excellent question. Um, I don't think we had, I don't think we'd gotten that far. Okay. Um, well, that's fair then. In retrospect, this works better because you could write a storyline with that uh, origin in mind and uh, make the whole thrust of the episode how Worf is benefiting from his human side while somebody else is uh, falling prey to their Klingon That's a side. really cool idea, right. actually. Yeah. This episode doesn't really explore that, but from the perspective... I don't think it didn't have the chance to, really, which is unfortunate because... Right. That would be a really cool episode. Uh, 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 a Klingon who is more human than Klingon, and a a half Klingon who is more Klingon than human, maybe, or even just at times, 
Right. It, it needs some, like, ironing out, but having that as a vessel to explore the, the balance inside of Worf, um, mm. you know, the race realism of the situation. Right, is, right, is, of uh, course. Um, is, is an intriguing premise. And I think it's yeah. a better character study than just a um, uh, a romantic couple um, exploration, which, yeah. you know, is another side of Worf, and that's fine, but I don't think well, it's, it's as it's, interesting. It's, this, this, this show ends up just being like, um, you know, uh, Worf, Worf, well, clearly he didn't have sex with her before. No, not until this episode. Because if he did, then, you know, we would have gone into the whole marriage thing, but... Um, Can I? There was something between them, which is, I mean, it's it's basically an analog to just like two normal people having hooked up once and then like not seeing each other for a while. Which is bizarre because that's just a uh, an element of human life that Trek fans could never relate to. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, what a weird decision. Now, um, can I um? taken aside to throw in some of my complete autism here um, yeah sure I, upon rewatching this episode for the first time and you know god knows did, how long, did, did you get fired from your lgs i did not luckily um i'm someone <laughs> thin ice though but so i hadn't seen this episode in decades basically and mm. when there's that cut to commercial when the wharf and kalar are in the holodeck I yeah. completely missed that the, that sex was implied until I <laughs> in, in, until she left and I'm like wait a second that's Alexander's mother shouldn't they have had sex and I'm like wait wait yeah I went back yep. to the holodeck and it's like oh right this is a fade to black sex thing yeah 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 because because she says like you know some, some yeah yeah it, which it, that was that was a network thing of course I mean there's nothing we really could have done about that it, it was it's a product of its time. Well, yeah, we unfortunately fi we filmed the scene, but obviously that had to be cut. Just yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, and actually it was pretty daring too uh, the way we filmed it. Right. Um. You very could, realistic. You could see Michael's asshole, and it was it was ahead of its time. His, his lower deck, even his lower deck, <laughs> and uh, you would take a long time before that sort of thing because you know it was interracial right right on, well on. They, they may they may release it i i have this on good authority too they may release it uh in in the the 4k hd versions i think in uh, that, just in as like a, one, as a deleted scene you can see the individual hairs if the quality i mean you, you definitely could yeah. yeah absolutely i mean 4k HD, yeah absolutely because we, we filmed that on like proper film right um yeah, so so wow, the holodeck scene. This there, there's a lot here. Um, there's a lot of meat. There's a, a, certainly the a lot scene. of meat. Good lord, <laughs> a lot of meat. Um, jeez. Uh, so, God, where do we even start? The 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 monsters. The monsters. So we have seen these guys before, um, which is yeah. a bizarre but cool callback to these being the go tos for Worf's. Uh, holodeck escapades yeah when when, when Riker stepped in yeah uh, to, to, to Worf's training program so you know the these costumes are all just things that we've had lying around on the on this on the lot from different productions but because TNG was their most famous outing collectively those group of costumes became known as Worf's monster mash and anytime mm, somebody mm. needed one of them for TNG for any production that's what they would say it's like oh I need the monster mash I need Worf's monster mash and um 
it was a, yep. it was yep. a cool mark that TNG made on the on the Paramount Studios. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, it's a shame because we ended up leaving those costumes <laughs> between seasons um, in uh, in in what we used to call the garage mm. uh, at at the studio, and um, the uh, the air conditioner broke like over 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 the break and uh they just completely melted yeah i mean it's for the better i think you know those were part of the tng canon at this point but they just weren't gonna fit in with the show's evolution once 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 the cruise uniforms had progressed to the next level in season three those Mm -hmm. uh the, the monster mash was a bit antiquated yeah, I guess we probably would have never used them again anyway, because yeah, we we kind of had like a, a higher standard to, uh, to to reach, right? Right. Uh, in, instead of a um, you know, a, a a Halloween skull costume and a on uh, top a, of a turtle monster. Right. Right. Uh, but you know, otherwise, it's still classic. Still classic. I I I like them. I, I like them a lot. They're very solidly. Uh, they encapsulate season two or the early seasons in a way. Um, yeah, they're endearing. Yeah, they do. They're a bit off, but but mm-hmm. excuse me, but endearing, and um, I respect that a lot. It's it's just a shame we didn't film them playing poker. Now, funny you should mention that because mm-hmm. well, poker was kind of the my boom on the set at the time, all ah. driven by uh, you know. He who shall not be named. The, 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 the my boom, huh? Yeah. Poker was the my boom on the set. And we invited, you know, those actors, those uh, stuntmen who were in those costumes mm-hmm. to, to join our poker game, which didn't last so long, but had started in, in an effort to connect more with the, the show's ethos. And, you know, they sat around. They, the masks were off, but they were in the costumes. They were playing some cards, slinging the, Interesting. Slinging the cardboard. And, yeah. Maybe you missed that night. I'm not sure, but I mean, I must have. I definitely don't remember it. <laughs> we definitely had um, the Monster Mash poker night. Wow. Well, now, there's a little bit of Trek trivia for you. Now, granted, it was very, very difficult for them to shuffle the cards inside the gloves, but um, well, yeah, yeah, they tried their best. It was it was more a gimmick than anything. Yeah, and uh, that gimmick worked to our benefit because you know we weren't playing for non-transferable post-scarcity bucks you know, we were right right we, we were playing for for real money yeah yeah and uh cleaned up um, that night they, they say stuntmen don't make a lot but uh you didn't <laughs> mind taking what they did have <laughs> oh it's beautiful um so so uh oh god where are we um the wow we're still in the holodeck so there's this there's this romance scene yes uh, presumably the actual climax of the episode. Presumably. Presumably. Um, it's off screen, they, so you can't be sure. But. Well, no, because because we b- before they do the deed, hmm. right? There's a little bit of like a, I hesitate to call it a makeout, but it's it's approaching it. It's a going um, on a very intimate, scene. and um, it's a very confusing scene. Yeah, you're never quite sure where it's going. And right. Uh, even on set, we weren't sure where it was going. In a lot of ways. Was yeah, I don't, of... I don't, 
I don't really, <laughs> I don't remember where the hand sniffing came from. That was all Michael. Uh, you know, the the their their the script was they hold hands, intimate hand holding, and uh, mm-hmm. Michael really pushed the intimacy. He just took the hand and oh, wow. took a whiff. And to her credit, Susie followed suit. I talked to her after she was very confused, but what a pro. And wow. uh, now that that, you know, whatever Michael's fascination is with the hand is now part of Klingon canon in Star Trek. That's that's I, I don't remember that at all. What, what I what I do remember is that um, Cliff wouldn't let us rap until Susie had drawn blood from Michael's hand. He really wanted right a close up of the. Of he the he needed he needed her to to just you know you know get, dig her fingernails in there. Uh, th- that is real blood, of course. Right. Um, for anyone who was doubting, um, what people don't know, what the ensigns don't know, is this was actually a compromise, um, mm. from from Cliff's original idea, which was to have Worf just break Susie's arm, which you know Klingon passion, ferocity, that right. plays into that a lot, but right. It, we had difficulty getting the, um, you know, the arm clearly just bent at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. All all the all the test runs we did, it just it just it wouldn't have worked. And we would have done it if we could have gotten a clear shot. Um, but it just it, it wasn't meant to be. And I guess you know it's for the best because, you know, uh, the 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 blood bloodletting scene uh, may actually have been a little more uh, 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 dramatic you know, uh, a little better suited for our purposes. Hmm. Now, I don't want to hear anybody coming in. That's not the color that Klingon blood is. Right. It's, right. This is art we're talking about. It is. It is what it is. Um, we, uh, we sacrificed a lot for that scene. So I, I, yeah, I don't want to hear it either. Hmm. I remember afterwards, Frank's kept trying to high five Michael. Uh, just what an asshole. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh man, I, I feel like I feel like we could fill an entire podcast full of Frakes stories. One day, uh, every maybe episode. we will. Yeah, the the the, the Frakes files, we'll call them. <laughs> oh, you know what we could do? Um, because Frakes is such a uh, exceptional individual that has many many bizarre escapades. We can take a page out of his book and do mm-hmm. um, fact or fiction, the Frakes files. Oh. Factor, that's that's a good idea. <laughs> wow, huh? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. That could be our uh, our, our second gig, or that could just be uh, a recurring segment on the show. We'll we'll figure this out. Yeah, yeah that's that's a good idea. Uh, wow, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's let's think about that. Um, but let's let's not uh, let's not dwell on it this episode. Um, Worf, Worf, uh, uh, apparently having sex. As as a Klingon means you need to marry someone, which is kind of as as what the kids might say, red pilled. That's I don't know. That's the cutest cutest little thing I I've ever heard about Worf. Yeah, it's 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 a little uh, it's a little cute. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of nice. Like, kind of like when um, if uh, this happened prematurely and Worf's like, oh, maybe. Maybe somebody falls on him and he accidentally kisses the person who fell on him. He's like, oh, I can never get married right, now. Right. 
yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's 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 a nice little piece of world building, um, out of context at least. Uh, it, so that that scene was actually heavily inspired by uh, a conversation Hans had. Um, Hans, one of our one of our uh, dear writers, one of our greatest writers. Um, that was inspired by by a scene that Hans had with a uh, with a prostitute, actually, uh, where uh, you know the similar situation. Hmm. I'm sure you can imagine. Um, and uh, and he had proposed to her, and um, and and that that next line from um, from Susie was, I think, verbatim. I think he said, uh, "Sex doesn't mean anything." Right. Mm-hmm. Now I just wish that you know Hans didn't do this in front of the studio, but no, it was a formative moment in his life. Yeah, and you know he's doing a great job now. I mean, he's he's got what like two, three kids. Yeah, um, I, I haven't talked to him in a few few years, but he seems to be doing well. I believe he also had a, a, a tour of um, like this famous chocolate factory at some time. I don't, I don't quite remember the details of it, but Hans has has a lot of great stories, and uh, yeah, I, I I can imagine, I can imagine, just a wonderful guy. Good so for him. I, I wish him the best. Him and yeah, him, 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 him and his. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> All right. Um... So, so they they make love. <laughs> I, I you know, let me say this wharf. Um, focus on uh he, we've had sex now he must get married really fits yep. uh pulaski's characterization of him as, as a romantic from a previous episode oh that's true yeah this is a nice little bit of consistency yeah yeah that's that's a good point actually wow um yeah so so they they do have sex they 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 and... have sex <laughs> but it's 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 in between the commercial break so we, right. no, we don't get to see it in this cut and uh she she ref- in this cut she refuses to to marry him um despite her feelings uh being sort of sort of uh contrary to that uh she, she's she's a career woman she's not very good you know? at her career but she is a career woman she's a career <laughs> yeah um and this is basically the end of the episode because everything that happens after it is fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, it is. There is a great comedy shot um, in in the climax of this episode where uh, they hail the Klingon ship. It cuts to the view screen. The Klingon uh, captain is talking. Cuts back to what you think is Picard and it's Worf and uh, Kalar sitting in yep. the captain's chair with. Uh, full- you knew that was going to happen. So I mean. There was there was an interesting uh, one. Speaking of cuts, there was a cut between Worf and and Kalar doing their little research in their research room. That that like ha- like halfway through the sentence, cut to the meeting room. You remember that? I do. And um, it was in that scene where you know, if if you hadn't seen this episode, which we have several times, of course, so. I, I might be a little biased, but if you hadn't seen this episode before, that was the point where you should have known that the solution to this episode would have been to get Worf to be the captain of the ship. Uh, because it's such a simple, it's such a simple uh, 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 solution, isn't it? Um, 
God, I don't know. I suppose it is. It's clearly the the solution that they went with, but I mean, I mean, they like the Picard looks at Worf, and then and then the shot just lingers on him for a minute mm-hmm. as as they're discussing what they should do. I I, uh, I don't know. It that didn't like jump out to me. Maybe I'm just really stupid. Yeah. Well, like I said, I could just be biased because I've seen it so many times, and and you know, but it seems to me like the that that is just the most obvious thing to do. If there's a Klingon ship approaching you and you have a Klingon on board, pretend that they're the captain of your ship. And why why belabor the point? Well, they you know? they kind of belabor, beleaguer. Anyway, they um. <laughs> why be something it? Uh, why believe in anything these days? They mention, oh, well, why don't you, uh, Kalar, talk to them? And uh, mm-hmm. she says that they'll just be distrustful of anything in the Federation. Which seems like it would be justification to not go with the Worf um, captain plan. But also, Worf just, uh, through bluffing, overcomes their distrust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah, I guess. I, I don't it's know. Just, it just—it seems like a little me. too. Uh, it—I don't know. It seems a little too simple to have spent so much time on. Well, clearly, uh, with, with 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 the whole fake out. Cle- yeah, and procuring the costumes. Clearly, <laughs> this plot thread was not very well developed or thought through. No. And uh, no. well, now here's something. Worf is on the bridge and. He is commuting, communicating with the um, Klingons through view screen, and presumably mm-hmm. there's a shot of them, and they have a shot of Worf. And what my question is: when the Enterprise is communicating with other vessels, where exactly is the camera of transmitting their image? Yeah, because Worf walks right up to the view screen. Right, right, right. He's like right in front of it, and he should presumably be out of the shot, or the shot is extremely wide of the uh, the entire bridge, and it's like the camera's inside the screen. So I'm not sure, um, and I want to know. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, is it is it uh, maybe it's a very dynamic camera? I suppose, but it would have to be. It would, it would have to be. When I was watching the scene, all I could think about is, Worf, you're walking right up to the camera. It's just showing your forehead. It's just, it's just, it's just a shot of his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Enterprise is um, a bunch of you know elderly people trying to use Zoom these days. And, you know, right. It's just the, the, the top half of their head from the nose it's up. It's just random something. body parts on every view screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so so uh Worf saves the day huh and then he has to send his his girlfriend who is pregnant with his son his baby mama his baby mama yeah that's probably a better descriptor given what they represent uh he, he has to send his baby mama off to uh to the, the the Klingon ship where she will no doubt get um spit roasted just completely gangbang <laughs> what a sad ending yeah i mean to to have to be cucked while someone's pregnant with your child it's just it's it's such a it's such a such a sad moment for Worf because she's not good at her job as we've already established right so why continue 
do you think why she... not just be like okay fine i'll stay with you because there's nothing else i got going for me would she be a good mother probably not no but she is kind of hot so i'd be okay with it like if i were wharf if if i if i placed myself into wharf shoes yeah is this a is this a kilf a klingon i'd like to fuck there's a lot of those like Worf. Including Worf himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so during uh, during the climax of the scene, we have a guest star on the show. Um, if you look in the, the back where Worf's position usually is at um, tactical, um, there's Diedrich Bader, who has two famous... Oh my god, there's that's Diedrich, right! He has two famous roles, um, perhaps most famous. He was Batman on Batman the Brave and the Bold, which is a children's right. cartoon right. beloved by right. For, it, many uh, <laughs> children. Yes, uh, and, and, and no one should ever watch that, uh, you know, if, if, if you um, consider yourself to be a respectable human being. Indeed. Or, or even recommend it to anyone. No, definitely not. But he was Batman in that show. And, you know, just a good shorthand, if you're over the age of 17... Just anything with Batman in the title is probably better to steer away, steer away from. Uh, steer away. Yeah, that's right. Steer rear. <laughs> but, so this is more important. Dietrich Bader was a, a, one of the principal characters on the Drew Carey show. And that was the mm-hmm, reason mm-hmm. he was here. In Phase 3, our planned Phase 3, um, TNG was supposed to have a uh, Drew Carey crossover. But as Phase 2 never got off the ground, those plans kind of died. And you know, eventually mm-hmm. both shows got canceled. So. Mm-hmm. But you always wonder what yeah. could have been, right? The the road yeah, oh, yeah. untraveled. It's uh it's amazing how far we went with phase one though. Yeah. Phase one, the plan was initially two and a half years, ended up being you know more than twice that, but Yep. 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 Yeah, it's uh it's it's a real testament to just how uh, how complicated kind of you know making a television show is really. Right. You you need to plan out your phases, your productions, um well, well in advance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just sometimes it just falls through, and you know what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So uh, then the episode ends, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's the end of the episode. Um, have have your thoughts changed at all on this episode? No, absolutely not. I still don't think it's very good. Yeah. Um, have your thoughts I... changed? Maybe a little bit. I think I'd watch it again, to be honest. Like, I don't think I hate it. Like right now? No, not not like like a year from now, maybe. I I think even the worst episode of Star Trek I could stand to watch a year removed. From All right, well let's. Uh, I don't I don't think it's that bad. I I I still like it more than you do this episode. So yeah, that's fine. Um, I won't fire you from the show. Thank you, thank you, Mitch. Yeah, no problem. But it's uh. Definitely a lot of problems. The its heart is in the right place of wanting a uh, emotion-centered right. dwarf story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. Its heart is in the right place. We say this every week. This has just been every week. Like, yes, it's got a great concept. Completely fails to deliver on it. Eventually, it'll move in the other direction. As uh, right. <laughs> again, when we get to the um, Doctor Crusher romance novel g- ghost story of season seven, we will right. not say that that one has a good concept. <laughs> uh, do you think that when whenever 
I, I have no recollection of this happening, but maybe you remember. Do you think the actors ever accidentally said warf speed instead of warp speed? Like, oh, hmm. let's go to warf 8. Warf, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I could see that happening. In, in fact, yeah, actually. That, that it, if it did happen, it would have been more of a, uh, more of like a season one, season two problem, I think. Right, until everyone got into the swing of things. Because yeah, we started just calling each other. Well, I, I say each other. We weren't on the on the on the cast, but the cast started calling each other just by their 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 character names eventually. Right. So it kind of became a lot more normalized after that. Um, yeah. I don't know around season four. I remember that once the uh, the cast started calling um, Frakes Riker, any girl mm-hmm. he showed up with was automatically Diker. Right, right, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, man. Those are the days. He's still Riker to me. He'll always be Riker to me. Hashtag my number one. Hashtag. So, I um, I guess I'll ask you a question, Mitch. Hey, yeah, that's cool. Um, You know, you could always ask it from down on one knee, but that's, you know, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Or two. Or two. And, um, well, my question this week is, uh, do you recognize the line, welcome to the 24th century? No, but it stuck out to me. Is this... Is In this, this episode, this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this, a, uh, yeah. is this a Ray Bradbury thing? No, 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 no. It was used in a previous episode. Oh, God. By hold on, don't okay. Go okay. on. I, I I I was just gonna give you one little one little nugget. Give me a nugget. Picard said it. Yes, I'm trying to think in what context and to whom. Um. It was a first season episode. Yes, I I'm picturing him saying it, not overtly like Worf did, but rather like. He's gazing upon something and he mutters it. Maybe I'm wrong. No, no, no. He says it to someone. He says it to someone. Welcome to the 24th century. What the fuck? Who is this? In the first season, there's those African people were not literally from the past. They were just (laughs) no, no. They weren't. (laughs) They were just racist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. There's that time travel loop with Picard. Finding another Picard, but that that was just like a few days or a few hours. Um, who does he say this to? It's a group of three people. You remember this? It was not that that uh, mute deaf guy's aides. No, no. Although those were three no. people who inevitably became skeletons. Um, <laughs> It was a group of three people uh, from the past. Well, yeah. Who was from? Y- you know what I mean. I'm thinking of the fucking hotel where there was that novel and the astronaut. No, that's not it either. Because no. Picard was barely in that episode. Yeah. Oh, fucking man. I think it was season two also. I'm losing my mind here. Yeah. Oh, God. It's not those those Ferengi were kind of dressed like cavemen, but that not wasn't for, it. No, they were humans. They were humans. They were humans. Oh, Jesus. Now, it's not anybody on the holodeck, right? Not the holodeck. They were it's, real it's, people. It's not when um, the, that cantankerous actor left the holodeck and faded into Data. 
Right. No, no. It's Lawrence. Not. <laughs> what was Lawrence? What was it Lawrence? Lawrence Tierney. Oh, I so. forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. Yeah. It's not him. Um, Who? It was not him. Time traveled. It, it's not so much time travel as it is being cryogenically frozen. Oh, okay, okay. It's the country singer and the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the rich yeah. guy and that woman. Yeah, but which one? Which one did he say it to? Okay, that's I can that I have a thirty-three percent chance of this. I think it was the woman. It was the woman. Yes, I recalled Good her job. being the first first to awake. Good job. Oh, God, wow. I had completely forgotten about that episode. Yeah, me too. Uh, the uh, the 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 southern guy was a treat, though, wasn't he? He was the country music star. Yeah. And his affinity for data was uh, adorable. Yeah. What happened yeah, to those cute. three? Did they like get shipped off to Earth, or did they die or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, th- I think they met up with another ship and um, kind of just forgot about them. What, they just what, they just shipped them off to. What was to even Earth. the the struggle of that episode? The plot. Like they wake well, up. there was that. I think I think there was like they were being attacked by Romulans too, or something. The Enterprise was right, or maybe maybe no. uh, Ferengi. I don't know. There was some kind of negotiation because we're like, okay, the business guy is going to come in and show his acumen in this negotiation, and it never happened. And I don't we, know. We were perplexed by that. There was. There I'm was, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there was. It was just the conflict between these guys who woke up in the future and didn't know what they what, what was going on, and then there was just like a. There was a, definitely a, a, a an adversarial alien race there. Maybe like a Romulan. I think it was just like a Romulan ship or something. And yeah, maybe they entered the neutral zone. Who knows? Maybe. I've already forgotten. Maybe. Um, if I ever opened it like a gym, I would call it the neutral zone, and that's my slightly like, enter the neutral <laughs> zone. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a salad bar, perhaps. I'm trying to think of what the neutral zone, what what type of establishment that fits. Right, right, right. Arbitration. A, uh, <clears throat> maybe a. Uh... Uh, uh, Buddhist meditation class. Maybe maybe a law firm instead of being like you know three Jewish names. It would just uh, you know, the phrase quote three Jewish names end quote is a great name for a law firm. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really good. Yeah, that's 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 funny. I like that three Jewish names. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the neutral zone. <laughs> Well, uh, I, th- I think we figured out our our new uh, new business prospect here. We're always on the hunt for uh, new prospects. We're prospectors. Mm-hmm. We do prospect. Yeah, there's gold in them. There hills. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Figuratively speaking. Right. So my real question is: them there, the pronouns of the gold or the hills? <laughs> well, the hills, obviously. Sensible chuckle. <laughs> it's obviously the hills obviously the hills all right that's gonna do it for this episode of the ready your room um join us next week when uh, we have more tng and more star trek shout outs to the, our brand new sponsor um baskin robbins the home of the 31 flavors mm-hmm. and if you say readier with your order you'll have access to the secret 32nd flavor so join us next time for more hot tips hot stories hot lore, and cool ice cream. Until then, everybody, stay ready. The Troublesome Little Man-Child. Consider that in the history of many worlds, there have always been...
disposable creatures. Do you consider yourself superior to us? Should have told him to mind his own damn business. When I struck the beard, thusly, do I not appear more intellectual? Beginning, 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 beginning.